0: It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash prime for details.
1: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
2: can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, Zero Nicotine, Zero Tobacco, 100% Ritual. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. <laughs> You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Well, I've wanted to meet this young guy for a long time, Jordan Schultz, NFL insider for the Score. Now, it should be noted that for many of you, uh, you would know his father, Howard Schultz, who was the creator founder of Starbucks, and so it's a very interesting life that Jordan Schultz has lived. His dad briefly owned the Sonics, and Jordan was telling me during the break. Uh, when you were a young college kid, you didn't like the way Dad was treated. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Seattle Press was tough on him. Yeah. And so you were about you were closer in age. Yeah. To the Sonic players, Ray Allen. Yes. Uh, Rashard Lewis. Rashard Lewis. Yes. And so you decided at that point you liked those guys and their stories, and that got you into NBA Insider stuff.
3: It, it, it's it's so true. When I was uh, about fourteen, was when he bought the team. Yeah. And so by the time I was in college and playing basketball, I used to go to the facility and work out with Ray and Richard and Luke Ridnauer and Nick Collison, all those sure. guys. And actually Ray Allen broke my nose playing basketball, which is <laughs> another story. But I I always empathized with how they were treated, both fairly but oftentimes unfairly, particularly by the local media. And, you know, they weren't that much older than me, and I remember thinking, How are they gonna go play basketball tonight when this reporter just called them that, and it's not true. Or this happened that isn't really true, but maybe it was misreported. Or And that stuff really hurt me because I could feel their pain. And we used to talk. Like I remember when, when Richard was negotiating his, yeah. I think it was a seven-year, $77 million extension. Came over to the house, we played horse, and we spent some real time together. And I could feel, I don't know, he must have been 24, or 25, because he, he came out of high school. He was still so young. Yeah. And I could feel his angst and i just said to him like it's going to be okay like you and my dad you'll figure this out right and he was like how do you know that and i said because you guys are cool and you'll you'll make it happen like it's it's going to happen don't worry right. about it and the media was on him i believe about he should just sign or he should take this number and so that was hard to watch firsthand and i just remember thinking if i could ever be in the position to help empower the player i would i would do it
2: so you started with that. That's a very tribal industry, NBA Insiderville. So you went to the NFL where there's far more players, by the way, and there's a lot of people breaking stories. There's an infinite number of stories to be broken. Uh, not, It's a different world. Basketball, and I say this as somebody that we both love hoops. I love basketball. It is um, star-driven, and if you don't have relationships with the top four, five, six stars— or coaches, it can be difficult. So you pivoted to the NFL. I
3: did. Were you a Seahawks fan growing up? Massive. Yes. Colin, I grew up Seahawks, Kingdom. Remember they played that two years at Husky Stadium? Yes. They were, they were really a middling franchise. Yes. And then Mike Holmgren came in and turned them around. But throughout most of my childhood, the Seahawks were third tier behind the Mariners, who had Griffey, and the Sonics, who had Kemp and Payton. And by the way, the Huskies, the Huskies had big years. Huskies, too. Yeah. So oh. the Seahawks really popped in 05, and that's actually the year I met my wife. She was a an intern at the Seahawks, so I met my wife at a Seahawks game. I feel like a super special connection to the organization as a whole, but I was a massive Seahawks fan growing up.
2: Now, they don't need a running back because they drafted Zach Charbonnet from UCLA along with Walker from Michigan State, so they're set there. Pete loves his running backs, but you have some news on Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott. Jason McIntyre has been saying in the last month, oh, when he's here, he's off this week, he keeps saying, I, don't, I can't believe Zeke has no market. Does he? What are you
3: being told? He does. Now, I reported this last weekend. He spent essentially the entire day at the Patriots facility. It went really well. He's in great shape. His weight is good. It's not that he doesn't have a market, but if you're a running back, especially one three-time Pro Bowl, there's, there's no real rush to sign That's and right. be in camp. And so for him, he's... He's waiting, he's trying to make sure he gets the absolute best deal possible, but I would look at the entire AFC East as a possibility. Buffalo, New England, Miami, New York. All four could use another running back, and in New England's case, they like the idea of pairing him with Ramon Ray Stevenson, a good young back. Yes, Zeke is kind of that, you know, he he maybe he's not what he was three or four years ago, but he's still a really good player. He's great in pass protection. Yeah. Uh, one of the best backs in pass protection. That was actually told to me by a scout that one of the reasons he's going to ultimately find a home sooner than later is because he can help right away identify the blitzes. And especially if you have a young back, he can make a big impact. So I think all four of those teams are a possibility for him.
2: Now, Dalvin Cook, who's still, I think, on the later years of his prime, but still very, very productive, He's been sort of hovering around the Jets. I don't think they need a back. I think there's there's places where he could go. But what are you hearing about Dalvin Cook?
3: So he he was there for Sunday practice. Hard knocks. We're going to see it tonight, right? It's going to debut. He that was a that was a big spectacle. But ultimately, they have Brees Hall coming back from an ACL and Michael, Michael Carter. Good
2: good backup. Good back. young
3: back. So really, it comes down to they have a brutal first six weeks. Uh, Dallas, Kansas City, I mean, it's Buffalo, it's brutal. However, I think Miami makes a lot of sense because they have a boatload of young backs, including Devon H.A. who they drafted. It's a big speed guy. Dalvin's from there. Imagine Dalvin Cook and a Josh and a Mike McDaniel offense. I just, to me, that makes perfect sense. You could spread them around with Tua. They have so much speed with Hill and Waddle. And the ultimate opportunity for me with Cook is... You mentioned he's 27. He's probably on the backstage, but he's the only running back in the last four years to have over 1,200 all purpose yards each year, four time Pro Bowler. And you wouldn't need to use him with respect to Minnesota the same way. Like, you don't need to get him 20 touches a a, a game in Miami.
2: Okay. uh, It's a backup role. Carson Wentz, uh, who, by the way, would be one of the more talented backups in the NFL. Is there a landing spot
3: for him? There is. And. Did you see the the pictures he posted? No. Colts. He's wearing I, all his gear. There it is right there. He's wearing well, eagles. Now, see,
2: now, he works for them because he's mobile in yes. Anthony Richardson. So, I always think you need symmetry between your starter and your backup. Yeah. Like, Colt McCoy is a great backup to Kyler because he moves well. Yeah. Smaller guy moves yeah. well. So, where do you think? Is Indy the spot?
3: No, I, I don't think so. But I will say with Wentz that he, here's, here's the problem that he's facing is – a lot of teams don't prioritize having they, – they, they want their number two guy to complement the number one, to your point. In Wentz's case, his tools and his experience are going to be number one quality. Like his caliber, he's still a very good quarterback. He's just – he had two really bad final games in both Washington and Indianapolis. Yeah. He's been working tirelessly with John Gruden, who has been calling teams saying, you got to get this guy in your building. He's, he's changed his mindset. He's getting more sudden, a little more twitchy. Now, Carson Wentz, is he a starter? I don't know. But I would be shocked if he wasn't on an opening day roster, at least as a number two, because he's going to give you experience, and I think he's made it abundantly clear internally that he is willing to be the number two guy and help cultivate the the young quarterback, whoever it is.
2: Uh, Jordan Schultz is joining us, NFL Insider. When uh, Sean Payton, um, you know, there's certain industries, people tend to, uh, it could be law enforcement, it could be military, uh, politics, everybody hates everybody. But generally in sports, it's kind of insular and provincial. You don't criticize your own. So when Sean Payton came out, uh, and I'm rooting for Russ, but he did look older and slower last year. He took a lot of hits. He got beat up. Um, what did your phone uh, light up when Sean Payton said that? How did players react to that ripping Hackett? You spent time with the Jets. Yeah, it just doesn't happen much that a Hall of Fame level coach blasts somebody yeah. else.
3: I listened to your pod with Dave Wanslet, where yeah. he said it's just forget the the coaching code. It's a code of uh Sorry, something just there. We go. someone just came in. I'm waiting on something. Okay. Um, he said, forget the coaching code. It's the just guy code of you're you're an experienced man in the position of power in the NFL. You're a head coach. And vulnerable. Vulnerable. You don't say that. Now, I think Sean Payton to say, I had my Fox hat on is fair. He's terrific on Fox. Yeah. I think he did a hell of a job. You, you probably don't want to go after a head coach because you're going to play him at some point. They're going to play early in the season. And it, also, if you're Sean Payton, like... You are inheriting a pretty tough situation, right? Like, they did not do well last year. Russ really struggled. It just, to me, puts an added target on your back if you're going to say Nathaniel Hackett did not do a good job and really take it a step further and say he did a terrible job. Players, like I've talked to players on the Jets who say we love Hackett. I don't know if the Broncos players feel that same way, but Rodgers was a huge reason why Hackett's there. He said publicly he's one of the best, maybe the best coach I've ever had. Maybe Nathaniel Hackett's not a head coach, Colin. He's a really good offensive coordinator. We've seen that in Green Bay. I think he'll do the same in New York. I'm curious for you. Is there, to me, when I look at the Jets, there's no reason why they can't be successful.
2: Oh, they could be 13-4 and if they're healthy up front. If if Dwayne Brown gets hurt at left tackle.
3: He's 38 years old.
2: Yeah. So it's a Tyron Smith thing. Excellent. If he stays healthy, absolutely could be a 13-win team. Makai Becton right now is... He's a big part of
3: it. Yeah, right tackle. If Dwayne
2: Brown goes down, Becton moves over, left. has the uh yeah, to the left side, yeah. then remember Aaron uh uh Jordan has never had a bad O line. New England and Green Bay have a weird way of never drafting O linemen in the first round, but always having pro bowlers. It's the, the draft and development's very good. So Aaron's never had a bad O line. This could be a bad O line. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker's very really good. good player. Very good. SC, and I yeah. think Dwayne Brown when healthy, he's got another great year. But I I mean you've spent some time. I think it's a I think we'll know everything um by about week 4 yeah. we'll have a sense the o-line's
3: holding up it's going to be fun they got buffalo week 1 Which on is a brutal. monday night I feel I feel like that's going to tell us a lot that's why I was saying with the jets to bring in Dalvin could be a pressure uh, some kind of pressure release for for Aaron Rodgers I mean yeah. like I am all in on the Jets this year. I think they have a really good staff. I think they have a really good team. I think they have a really good defense. I mean, yeah. D.J. Reed and Sauce Gardner, that's a phenomenal one-two punch. Right. I just, like, if you're the Jets, why not bring in help from a running back position? Maybe it's Zeke. Maybe it's Delvin Cook. But someone that can release some of the pressure off of Aaron that you know can catch the football and just make it, give you another weapon as an offense. So I think they're really close. That division is, is brutal, though, because I think Miami's going to be really good. I think Buffalo's going to be really good. I think New England's going to be
0: better. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy. 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D.
0: for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlanSport.com. That's ProPlanSport.com. Is there, um, so as you transition from an NBA insider to uh, Jordan Schultz joining us, his father, of course, the founder of Starbucks. And we were talking off air. I've got a million questions about his dad. <laughs> it,
3: he 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 would tell you whatever you want to know. So you tell you ask me and I'll answer it. Yeah.
2: Okay. So do you find um, the relationship? Um, NBA players make more money than NFL players. I find NFL players, um, the ones I've covered, uh, I I like them both. I think they're both funny. Um, I think we. I think the basketball culture is is really hard. Um, AAU doesn't do you a favor. It's not team building. Uh, one year of college, off to the NBA, mega stardom. It's hard. NFL, you get beat up by coaches for three years. High school coach is yes. hard. College coaches hard. You have to stay in college. You come in more grown up, often married, sometimes with kids on the way. What's the difference covering NBA guys and NFL guys, the athlete?
3: Well, NBA doesn't have the helmet, and it's only a 12-man active roster. The NFL is 53 guys, practice squad, and I would say, Colin, unless you're a quarterback, it is really, really hard to consistently make yourself available to the media, to the fans. Like, if you, if you put it this way, here's the biggest difference. If you took the average NBA player and they walked down a street and you took the average NFL player, maybe it's a lineman, maybe it's a safety, Nobody and they, would know who he is. It's a big difference, even if it's a really good player. Oftentimes, you wouldn't know. I mean, I I was at the Super Bowl last year, or this, this past uh, spring in, in Phoenix, and there were some really good NFL players walking around, and they would say to me, you know, this is kind of nice. Nobody really recognizes me. I thought I would get recognized more in this big setting, and, and that is probably the biggest difference, and then also, guaranteed contracts. That's why you see players fighting so much for that guaranteed money upfront signing bonus, and it's why... I never get on NFL players, especially considering the average length is about three years, for wanting their money early because it is incredibly hard to get it.
2: Do you find there are certain cultures where they're not going to return your calls? Are there easier cultures to get a phone call? I have four or five. I would say I have five or six executives in the league that I don't pester them, but I either have lunch or I'm like, hey, I got a question. Explain this to me. Um, Dealing with GMs, easier in the NFL or NBA?
3: That's a good one. Um, I prefer the NFL because you have so many talking points. You could go through, first of all, you, you, you think about how big the roster is, how big the draft is, the scouting departments, the personnel people. There is so, there, there's, always, there's never a dry day. Like, right. would you say without question that the NFL is the only true 365 sport? Yeah. I mean, and maybe college football is next. The NBA, you know, the offseason is is awesome, but it's really only a few days, a right. week. Yes. The NFL offseason, you have the Combine, you have the Senior Bowl, you have the East-West. Free agency. Free agency, the draft. It is just a massive conglomerate of one after another, and it fe- everything feels big. That's what I love about the NFL is everything feels big. They have done such an unbelievable job of marketing the league, and that's a testament to... Say what you want about Roger Goodell, but he has done a really good job of that. So I would say, in general, it's a little bit easier to deal with NFL. However, I didn't go all in on the NBA insider route the way that I did on the NFL. So maybe I'm a little biased. I also just, at this point in my life, Colin, as a basketball lover, a true hooper, played four years in college, not well, I prefer watching the NFL to any other sport.
2: Yeah. Well, there's an urgency, a suddenness, and there's also, frankly, it's a great TV product. The field fits perfectly. Unbelievable TV it, product. It, it, and Roger Goodell always understood we're a TV show. Yeah. Um, I, now, I've got to ask you, obviously, because I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, uh, Starbucks and Microsoft are the, con- uh, the the corporations of note. Amazon, too. Boeing. Amazon, Amazon now owns half a downtown yeah. or more. I know people who have tried to rent in downtown
3: Seattle. Not in Westlake. <laughs> yeah. Forget it. Forget it.
2: Um, when you grow up and your dad runs Starbucks, you're a grinder, which is one of the things I, I'm always kind of fascinated by um, billionaires kids, but yet you're, you have a work ethic. Uh, you didn't go to some Princeton. You were hooping it. Getting your nose broken by Ray Allen. Yeah, yeah. Is it advantages, disadvantages to growing up with that kind of wealth? Uh, did your father let you see it? I know this is a private question, a no, personal I'm, question, but I'm interested. I think the audience is interested.
3: And, and I'm, I appreciate the interest. I would say that um, I was always really private growing up. So it was really, I was keenly aware of the fact that I had privilege, um, that I went to a prep school. I didn't go to the, uh, the Choats, but I went to a, a prep school in Seattle. I was well educated, and I had access to things day to day that other kids, even kids of means, didn't have. Um, maybe it was good food, uh, maybe it was good equipment, but we didn't struggle ever. And so, when I started to, I think basketball. This is why I love basketball so much, and why I love sports so much is playing AAU basketball. And I had, I was on the, I was in the same AAU program as as Brandon Roy, so I really saw someone at the top. And I saw the struggles that he had to go through. And we were from five minutes apart. But I was with him a lot, especially when he was trying to qualify for where, the SEC. Where was he from? Where, he, so he went to Garfield. Oh, of course. Which Legendary is, uh, le- Seattle absolutely. high school basketball program. Absolutely. And Seattle's a hotbed for basketball. I mean, Jamal Crawford, Nate Robinson, you could just go down the list. Rainier
2: Beach, Garfield, Rainier Beach. Mercer Island Absol- with Ed Pepple used to be there Absolutely.
3: You know, so, and Brandon was the best of them all. And yet, he had a hard time getting into college. And I remember watching him study. There was a small grammar C gym in Seattle, grammar school gym. And he would study, and then he would go play. And we'd play every day. And he wanted so badly to qualify to go to UW. He ultimately got it done. And watching him struggle and having to figure it out on his own, essentially, and then me having a tutor. I remember thinking, this is so unfair. Like, he should have access to that. He's way more talented than me. Right. But he didn't, and it really bothered me. And so I would go home, and I would talk to my parents about this, and they would say, listen, you, you have access to things that nobody else has. You're not even in the 1%. You're in the, you're the 0.1%. And it's important for us as parents for you to understand what you have and what others don't have. And so I started to become more and more aware with Starbucks and the Sonics because when I got into my teenage years, 14 through 18, those pivotal high school years, was when Starbucks probably was doing its best. Yeah. And he had the Sonics. So there were things that I got to experience, travel, food, culture. But you were aware. That I was really were- aware of it. I was really aware of it. And so there were, I would say that there's no disadvantages. Like, I can't, I just yeah. can't say it. But there are things that you want to be ultra protective about. and And one of the things is, is like this element of privacy. Because yeah. you're not going to have a lot in right. a small city like Seattle. Yeah. And so I remember talking to my parents at one point. I said, I, I think I might need to change my name. <laughs> I've, never t- I've told versions of this story, but never really specific. I was probably 17, and I said to both my parents, you know, we got to talk. And they, I, don't, I don't know what they thought, but I said, I think it might be time for me to change my name. And they said, oh, you don't like the name Jordan? I said, no, i got to change my last name. <laughs> I said, "Schultz, Schultz. This is this is too small of a city for us to <laughs> read out this thing. How did thing. mom and
2: dad react to that? But
3: my dad said, "Are you are you crazy? You know, if you know my dad, he's what are you nuts?" <laughs> and my mom, my, my mom thought it was crazy, but at least she wanted to understand. My dad wanted nothing to do with it. He's yeah. like, "I think you you're crazy for even suggesting that." My mom really wanted to understand. Right. And I said, because as long as I'm in this city, especially Seattle, with that last name. I'm never going to have my own identity. I'm never going to have the respect of my peers. And most importantly, I'm never going to escape the shadow. And so I obviously I didn't change my name. But what it really cemented for me was I'm not going to take over the family business. Because that was also about the same time I talked to them and I said, I don't think I could ever pursue Starbucks. And they were really, really supportive. And that was really important for me. That's great. Because my dad especially knew, if you are in this building especially taking over for me 10, 15 years down the road, you'll never achieve the type of success that you want because you'll always have in the back of your mind, oh, I got this job because of my dad. And he said, you know what? You'd be right. That's why you got the job. So that, that was a big, I'd say, learning experience over an 18-month period of not changing my last name, but also learning over time, Colin, as I'm 37 now, to be proud of it but not show it off. Right. There's like that sure. fine balance, and I, I still don't think I've achieved it, but I, I, I am trying.
2: Well, you're uh, self-aware. I love it. What a pleasure for me. I know, you know, I, I've, I'm to the point in my career where all these talented young people, Justin Herbert's on my show. He goes, yeah, I used to listen in the seat of my car going to elementary school. And I'm like, thanks. I feel 80.
3: He's a Eugene guy, though. So you have the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Yeah.
2: So, uh, but I
3: listened to you, Colin. I've been listening to you, maybe not that young, but yeah, since I'm 10, 11, 12 years old. Well, hopefully
2: I imparted some wisdom.
3: Yeah, you did. A lot, brother. A lot. (laughs) What a pleasure.
2: Congrats on your success. Let's stay in touch. Yes, thank you. And uh, I'm going to take a break and come back and wrap it up with Ryan in a second. Live in Los Angeles, it's The
3: Herd. Be sure to catch live
0: editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific.
4: Listen to Comeback Stories In seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of Comeback Stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories. Catch us every week on Comeback Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. (laughs)
0: 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia visit www.1800GAMBLER.net In New York call 877-8HOPENY or text HOPENY 467-369 In Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org Please play responsibly on behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance cdkng.co slash ball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So, whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlanSport.com. That's ProPlanSport.com. How do you own the day in sports? You make incredible plays. How do the rest of us own the day with Irish Spring when the spring hits you? You're ready to own the day, so look for Irish Spring at your local retailer today. Uh, That was so much fun with Jordan Schultz today and uh, some NFL Insider stuff. His wife's a Husky, by the way, for our Pacific Northwest uh, viewers. I just learned that. So they, their heart's still in Seattle. Uh, Ryan with the news. No,
5: no, no, no.
4: Turn on the news.
5: This is the Herdline News. We'll kick things off in the NFL. Anthony Richardson has a lot of upside as he enters his first NFL season, but lacks the in-game reps of other rookies after making just 13 starts in his Florida career. As he battles for the starting job, Shane Steichen has loved what he's seen from his reps with the first team. Thought he had a heck of a day today. Um, He he was really solid, um, made some big time throws, obviously the two minute drive. You know, threw a nice touchdown right there in the end zone. Uh, And then the two-point play that he ran in, it was pretty good to see. When you, you know, you get repetitions and you do things more and more, and you're going to get more comfortable. And I think uh, he's, you know, gaining confidence in the system and gaining confidence with his teammates. And when you have that and you have the talent that, you know, he has, you know, it's it's usually a good thing.
2: For the record, I saw this weekend, Ryan, they listed his size. He's a defensive end. He's like two... (laughs) 250, uh six, four and a half 6'5. I can't wait to watch him play. Now, I I I said this. I think he's gonna be over his skis in the pocket a lot. It's gonna look like Josh Allen, where he's just gonna run. He's gonna find himself, you know, in a second and third read. I'm out of here. But he is, I'm gonna tell you, I've watched it my whole life. When you get these wildly dynamic young quarterbacks that can move for the first two years of their career and you give them a very good offensive coach the league has no idea what it's in for so i think it's going to be fascinating it's going to be a little cam a little josh allen um and then a little jalen hurts where he's not quite comfortable in the pocket for the first year or two i can't wait to watch it
5: yeah it's going to be fascinating I mean, and they we... open
2: up at home against the jags <laughs> so that and that, that
5: Rivalry has been weird Upsets for years Absolutely, yeah The Colts have Struggled with the Jags Even when the Jags Have been uh, down and out And as you pointed out With Shane Steichen He's worked great With Jalen Hurts Uh, He even had a short Bit of time there With Justin Herbert during his time in LA so he's done great work with great young quarterbacks whether they're more refined more raw so nothing but uh, excitement heading into the season the Colts as they hopefully can shore up that long revolving door of quarterbacks since Andrew Luck all right and now for college football landscape it continues to change the Pac-12 days may be numbered after five more teams left the conference for the Big Ten and the Big 12 on Friday Pete Carroll spent a long time in the Pac-12 with USC, and had this to say about the recent realignment. I'm really disappointed. You know, I would think, I would, I would think that there's a lot of people, a lot of fans that are disappointed too. You know, and and I, I know it's a financial. Turn that they do, you know, and they've got to make their decisions and all. But um, I don't know. There's something about the tradition of it that that gets lost, and I don't know where they recapture that. You know, I don't know how they recapture the traditions that has stood for so long. I'm pretty disappointed in college football right now, just in general. Uh, I'm just disappointed that it's gone the way it's gone um, with all of the stuff that's happened, and, uh, you know, I hope they can, you know, get it right. You know, it's interesting. So
2: the West Coast and the Northeast have a lot in common not only the coasts big port cities a lot of pro sports the northeast is not a college football hub so penn state and notre dame you know they're popular in the northeast having lived there but it's not really a college football hotbed and i think and i've been telling people once the nfl came back to los angeles so when pete was here there was no nfl now you have two nfl teams an mls team the dodgers are dominant the clippers are legitimate so the L.A. sports market is very, very crowded, and it wasn't when Pete was here. USC was the pro team. And and so I, I, I've i said this before, is what is the future if the L.A. schools aren't as big as they were 10 to 15 years ago because the emergence of the NFL in Los Angeles, what does it mean for the conference? And this is what it means, is that USC and UCLA saw it and said, we're going to join this legendary conference in the middle of the country to keep us alive, keep us afloat. We've seen UCLA struggling to draw fans at the Rose Bowl. And it's not because people here don't love UCLA. This market is so crowded. New York sports teams are mostly bad. Almost everybody here is viable. I mean, you say, oh, a down year for the Lakers. Did you watch them? (laughs) I mean, the Clippers, the Lakers, USC, LAFC, Dodgers dominate their division. There's just so many options in California. And unlike the East Coast, you get perfect, you know, spring, fall weather, winter weather. So my takeaway is LA attracting two NFL teams has changed the, the Trojans are still big, but it's changed the LA market. And without it, what is the Pac-12 conference? And so I think for their own survival, five, four or five years ago, I was communicating with USC people. They were looking to go independent or move out of the conference. They saw it dying in front of them. They saw the revenues at the SEC spiking, Big Ten spiking, and they saw the Pac-12 revenue shrinking. And so I, I, a lot of this is just USC five years ago saying, we can't give our football brand up. It's like Duke basketball. We got these championships, this legacy, this history, this revenue. We, we got to do something because our conference isn't holding up their end of the bargain. So I feel like USC really engineered this, and you can blame them, but it's business. It's survival. It's one, of the, it's one of the great college football programs ever. Texas football, Michigan, USC, Notre Dame. You can't just give it up. They felt four or five years ago when I talked to them, they were trying to figure out. That's why they went after Lincoln Riley. They're like, if Lincoln Riley doesn't take that job and they get a second-tier coach, what is USC football other than underachieving for a decade in a wildly competitive, distracted Los Angeles market?
5: Yeah, they did exactly what they needed to do for their own interests. And it wasn't just them. This was already happening across all of college football. So they had to capitalize it on it as well. Otherwise, they would have been left behind.
2: Texas had the same concerns in the Big 12. Our conference isn't holding up their end of the bargain We may not win as much in the SEC, but it stabilizes the next 20 to
5: 25 years of revenue. Absolutely. Let's wrap up with this in baseball where we had a big scuffle with the Guardians and White Sox game on Saturday night. Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson got into it after a slide into second base led to some punches being thrown. Let's take a listen to the radio call from WTM Guardians Radio Network.
0: And another hustle double right over the bag at first. Now Jose and... Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. Ramirez went in with a headfirst first slide. Hosey never gets upset about anything. They came up chewing. Anderson squared off. Hosey decked him.
5: <laughs> you never see that in baseball. You see a lot of pushing. Rarely do you see full. They went 50. hockey. Yeah, they oh, squared
2: yeah. up. I even see, you never, by the way, I didn't think it it was flush. I thought he, I don't know how that, I mean, listen, I'm not going to take a punch, but I didn't, I thought the Tim Anderson landed a big haymaker and that, that thing didn't even look like it landed.
5: Just caught him right on the chin. Well,
2: if I ever get in a fight, that's where you have to land the punch apparently. That is so – I don't even remember. I, I do not remember ever seeing that like that in baseball.
5: Never remember that. Yeah, the only one I can remember is Joey Batista and uh, Rognet Odor. The umpire yeah. got out of the way. and Yeah, he's like, I want no part of this. No
2: part of this, guys. Swing away. Ryan with the news. Well,
4: that's the news.
1: And thanks for stopping by. The Herd-Line I must have watched
2: news. that video 50 times yesterday. I could not figure out how that punch was that devastating. And even there in slow-mo, I still can't quite figure it out. Well, all right, good show today. Mark Schlereth, Mark Helfrich, Jordan Schultz, Colin Right, Colin Wrong. See you tomorrow.
0: What's the herd? This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own.